podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my ho- co-host, Scott, with me. Scott, I've got uh, popcorn ready. i got my drink. I am all ready to go and dive into this episode of our listeners and golfers' pet peeves out on the golf course. That sounds great to me. As you know, I'm always uh, you know, sitting here with my Arnold Palmer. Uh, that is the the drink that makes the podcast go. So hope whatever you have is as enjoyable. Scott drink. Yep. What's that? Sure. I said the quintessential Scott drink. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I'll tell you a funny story to start off. Uh, you know, we obviously you're super busy. I'm super busy. So whenever we record, you know, it's awesome to get back on track and to talk. And we'll record a little bit later on uh, Monday night now. Uh, I posted a picture on Instagram, and a bunch of people have already asked me why I was there. But I posted a picture of me parked outside of a corn maze. Um, and Scott, I was a corn maze last night and at a corn maze today after work when it wasn't even open. So you you were oh, hold on a second. Let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. this this corn maze, did it like by chance close at like seven o'clock? And you just hop the fence to, you know, illegally participate in the corn maze? You know, it's very funny, Scott, but the only fences I'm hopping illegally are to play golf where we grew up. And everyone knows that story already, but it's funny that you mentioned that. But yes, it did close at 7 o'clock last night. I went to pick up my oldest son there. Uh, We're texting him and and calling him and getting no response. And we see on the website, like, it closes at 7 He's there with a bunch of his friends, guys, girls. Everyone's hanging out, having a great time. Uh, but he's not responding to us. So we're thinking, man, maybe he's having an absolute blast. But, uh, you know, as a parent, you start to worry, like, why is my kid not replying? You know, is he yeah, is he face down in the middle of the corn? Did, did, lost did, the corn bees. Yeah, did the children of the corn get him? Um, but you know what happened, Scott? Um, they lost the phone in the corn maze. They lost the phone in the corn maze, Scott, mm. in a five-acre corn maze, Scott. <laughs> and oh you, know where, you know where I live is a little bit rural at times. Well, mm. imagine, imagine a you know, 200-acre farm and how rural that must be. So the cell service isn't that great. So he calls from one of his friend's phones. My wife and I are in the car. Um, I storm down the hill. The, the workers asked me if I want to ride the tractor down there. No, mm-hmm. I don't want to ride the tractor. I want to get there ASAP. Uh, we get down there, make a beeline. Now, we're in an area where there's not, like, great cell service, right? Like I mentioned, so find my iPhone is showing where it is, but it's showing it on an outdated corn map, right? The GPS map of mm-hmm. the corn base probably hasn't been updated in a few years. So we can't go by... You know, the, the, the geodesic no. shapes that are shown on the phone. <clears throat> right. Now, mind you, it's 7 o'clock at night. It's pitch black here. Uh, he didn't call us early and say bring flashlights or anything like that. So I'm using my cell phone. I got like 8% battery left. My wife's using her cell phone. His friend's using their cell phone lights. Like, you're not going to find anything. 
So we call today and we say, you know, is there any chance that we can come down and look for the phone? And the lady says, well, you know, I'm not sure because of insurance purposes and stuff. I said, I completely understand. You know, lesson learned. Completely understand. Mm. But she says, I talked to the farmer. He's down in the backfield. He says, sure, go ahead. Good luck. I, uh, I just want to just stop the story for yeah. one second. So, first of all, what, like, type of insurance does one get for a corn maze? That's a great question. I have no idea. But obviously... And second of all, she had to clear it with a farmer. Well, yeah, I mean... Like, they were going to be plowing under the maze. Look, the man is the final authority, right? Like, that's that man's kingdom, right? Like, yeah. We would talk to a golf professional in order to get on their course. Uh, to get into this farm maze, you are speaking to the, the head honcho himself, right? Fair. The corn father. Uh, exactly. So the, the corn father gives us permission. Uh, we're down there by ourselves. There's literally, you know, this, this corn maze only open Thursday through Sunday, right? The rest of the time, it's it's the farm. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday during this time of year, it's the farm. And mm. it's dead. Like it's completely desolate. Like, there's one lady in the big barn working. She's like, oh, my God, yeah, go ahead, go down, good luck, blah, blah. So, anyways, wait, long story short, we're down there. Uh, I bring some sunflower seeds. I love chewing on sunflower seeds, baseball games, whatever, on the golf course, not on the greens. That's one of my big pet peeves. I'll get to that. I hate people to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife says that's a great idea because you should leave the sunflower seeds on the trail so you know what portion of the maze you've already looked at. Hmm. So that didn't work out too well, but we did kind of put some corn stalks over that. But the the Find My iPhone just wasn't working. It wasn't connecting on enough cell service. However, on Life 360, and for all you parents out there, if you don't have your kids on Life 360, like it really helped. It gave us a general location. I looked online, like how accurate is Life 360? So within 100, 150 feet. So we got my icon right on top of his on the phone. And I said, this is where we look. We scour the area. And Scott, in the middle of a five-acre corn maze, face down, we find a black iPhone. Now, is it his iPhone? It was. It was because okay. after okay. I picked it up, my wife was calling it so we could try to hear it. Um, you know, because find my iPhone, they have a feature where you can ping it to make a sound, and the sound gets louder and louder and louder for two minutes. Yep. But it wouldn't connect because there was no service. So... We were calling it, hoping to hear it, but it was so deep in the corn maze, like we wouldn't mm-hmm. have heard, you know? Right. Yeah, you had to get further into the corn. We had to get deep into the... I, I turned my child into a child of the corn. Hmm. Well, I, I mean... I, you know what? It's good practice for looking for golf balls in the woods. You know... I do remember one time, Scott, and I think you'll recall this as well, coming up to the range when it was uh, very rural at the time, and a farmer pulled up on a tractor as you and I were leaving and started to yell at us because there were golf balls in his goddamn bean field, man. I think he also brought you like a bucket, and I'm talking like an old like metal pail full of golf balls that he had pulled from his bean field yep um so, so, so why putting his dang golf balls in my bean field man i'd also like to point out that that bean field was 
way, way offline for the range. Yeah, but, but you know amateur golfers. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's like how <laughs> how bad are these people that were? I mean, this was back when the range first opened. I, the, yeah. That was pretty early in the ranges ranges uh, life. It had to be one of the first two years or so. I would I would say so. Um, it was definitely right. pre mini golf. Oh, for sure, for sure. Let's delve into a little bit of actual golf. This is an actual golf podcast. Mm. Um, had a great interview, which will come out later in the week with Brent Grant, one of my favorite guys to talk to, fully exempt of the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, is just as real as it gets. I mean, just as like a real of a dude uh, as there is out there in professional golf. So awesome chatting with him. Uh, Hideki Scott. Hideki wins in Japan. You know, I mean, it's 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 the second coming. Uh what do you what do you what do you really make of this? I feel like I, I'm going to tell you. Look, I feel like these golf websites, these golf pundits, are, are making it seem like this is equivalent to Tiger winning the Masters two years ago. I mean, like, yeah, Hideki won a tournament. It was in Japan. He's from Japan. He's like, really ooh. really good at golf. Yeah, like the dude's won the Masters. Not like he's not like his first tournament ever. Like he's one of the top 20 guys in the world. I don't think uh, you want to know what I make of it. I, I think it was awesome. How much fun he had with the trophy. <laughs> he was playing peekaboo with that thing. Uh, you know, uncomfortably long. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, uh, you know, congratulations. Have fun right, with like your a, trophy. It, it was like a kid with a new toy, you know? Like, I can't believe I can stick my head through it. Look, I can put my arm through it, too. Yeah, and we, we've done this before, but we, we need to revisit the PGA Tour trophies um, conversation. because Well, that one sucks. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, that one, the CJ Cup that's not a cup. Like, <laughs> I, I really feel like this is an un... Like, we need to do, like, a thing where, like, we do a top five, bottom five and see oh, how many God. we have that are the similar. Well, how is this for a great segue? That's what we do here. Let's put that out to the people on Instagram because the majority of this episode is going to be taken up by people's pet peeves on the golf course. Now, I had posted an Instagram story, just curious, thinking like, hey, we're going to get a five-minute bit out of this. We'll get you know six or seven replies. We'll take the top two. We'll move on. We'll forget Mm. that. People just much love to bitch and complain because I felt like a psychiatrist uh, listening to people's problems and doling out advice. I wasn't able to dole out medications to some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Scott, there there are a lot of people that have a lot to complain about on the golf course. And some of them I took with a grain of salt. You know, look, there's a there's we got a ton of of the slow play, right? We got a ton of like, you know, damaged greens and stuff like that. But then that's the typical, like if you ask, what are your golf pet peeves? Like slow play, like, okay, we, we knew that was going to come up. Yeah. And, but then some were so specific and then some were from really respected people in the golf community, superintendents, um, hmm. you know, guys that, that, that have played multiple top, Hundred courses. I mean, like closing in on top hundred courses, and we're gonna get to those. And it was kind of interesting because a lot of these, you know, I was like, wow, I don't even, 
I didn't think about that. Or that's not mm. a problem for me, but I guess it could be a problem somewhere else. So I think I think what we should do is this. We'll go into maybe one from you, one from me, take another one from you know the listeners, give them a little love out there, give them a little bit of shine, and then just kind of go back and forth on them, you know? All right, sounds good. So th- this this one here, this is one that Tyler, the creator, always ribs me about because this is not a big deal. Mm. But I can't stand when people put stuff that doesn't belong in a green on the greens. And what I mean is is clumps of cigar ashes, cigarette butts, uh, almond seeds, sunflower seeds, you know, stuff like that, like things that people are are chewing on or some type of vice that they just figure like, Oh, hey, I'm on a green. The green is grass. I would spit this out in the rough anyway. So what's the difference? Uh, you know, I'm going to say this, Tyler. I, I I love you, but I hate your take that it's not that big of a deal. It is that big of a deal. Like the people right? who ma- the people who maintain golf courses, and I, I know some superintendents pretty well. The people who maintain golf courses work so hard and they take such pride in what they do. Um, that from, you know, someone to just, you know, decide to drop their, you know, you know, half an unsmoked cigar on a green or something like that. Like someone's going to have to get out, you know, get up, pick that up. Like it's, it's gross. Like that stuff, it, it damages the mower blades. It damages the greens. It, it's just not sightly for other golfers to look at. Like just, there's a garbage can not too far away, probably on the next, next tee. Just save it for that. Right. And like, here's the other thing with that, too. Okay. Everything that I've mentioned are things that's been in other people's mouths. Right. Uh, So if I don't have a towel with me or something, like, I don't want to be moving your sunflower seeds or or the butt end of your cigar that you left in the middle Mm -hmm. of my line. I mean, you know, obviously with the new rule change a few years ago in golf, you can, you know, brush away stuff and you take a towel and do that. And most people are like, well, it's no big deal. You know, just take a towel and do it, dude. But it, it's it's like the mindset of the disrespect that comes with nah. it, too. You know? Nah, I don't want I don't even want that near my towel. Cause I'm gonna use that towel for other things. Like I wipe my clubs with it. Sometimes I wipe my face with it. Usually like I'll have like a towel that I, you know, I'll I, I'll wipe clubs with that's dirty, and then another one that's like to keep the grips off, you know, from getting wet on the greens. Sometimes I'll wipe my my arms with it or my face, like. Nah, I don't. I don't want that near my towel. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. All right, go ahead. Give me one that bothers you, Scato. Uh, one that bothers me is, and it's kind of twofold. So one that bothers me is um, courses that don't put sand on the carts to fill divots in the fairway. Okay. And on courses where they do, people who either don't know how to use it properly or don't use it at all. Sure. Sure. For, again, for the same reason, like it just, it helps the people who maintain the course. You know, with, with, with that, an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure, right? A little mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yep. You know, you just, you think of like, I remember being out at a, at a course a few summers ago. And behind us, it was like a whole superintendent crew. I don't know if it's volunteers or members or whatever, but going around on the greens and fixing, I, 
I might be exaggerating and saying hundreds, but a lot of ball marks. You know, and and I had noticed it, you know, and every time I'm up on the green, I'll fix more than one, of course, you know, because there's some lazy dolt out there that isn't going to take care of. But I'll I'll do my part. Of course, I'll fix two or three. And I'm not going to go around and fix 10 of them because I'm trying to, you know, play golf, obviously. Yeah, you know, if there's, you know, a couple that may or may not be yours, you might as well just get them all. Yeah, I mean, and and I teach like I teach my high school golfers that you know just just keep the course in better shape. Like that's the thing. If everyone went into, with the mindset of just leave the course better than you found it, mm-hmm. then the conditions would improve astronomically within months, and then it would save the you know think of how much time superintendents have to spend, the grounds crew have to spend first off fixing your mistakes. And then only until they fix your mistakes, then they can start working on the actual beautification of the course. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So imagine if they didn't have to fix other people's mistakes. Oh no, the courses would be in beautiful shape because again, these are people who really care about you know the the course. Like they take a lot of pride in it, and you know they they'll tell you like every inch of the course, like ah oh, yeah, you know like you know we planted those flowers three years ago and they keep coming in like. They know. So if you give these people time to to work magic, they will. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, this one comes from Fighters Heaven, which is uh, actually the home of Muhammad Ali's training camp in PA, uh, Dearborn, PA, I believe it is. Uh, about an hour southwest of me. So it's it's really not southeastern PA, but it's like mid-south mm. Pennsylvania. Uh, favor in the eastern side. Uh, not gonna say who it comes from, but let's just say this person is uh, has an immensely famous family. Maybe somebody's enshrined in the, you know, in Canton in the NFL Hall of Fame. And great, great dude. Uh, his biggest pet peeve, and this is a guy that's played, you know, gosh, I, you know, you name hey, it. He's you played wherever it. he wants to play. Wherever he wants to play. That's a great way of putting it, Scott. Uh, his biggest pet peeve, and even after playing these top 100 courses all over the world, is unraked bunkers. Yeah. I, def, again, it goes back to, you know, leaving the course in better shape than you got there. And, like, people shouldn't have the course affect the way they play because someone else is too lazy. Right. And and I don't I don't need I don't know about you but I don't need a perfectly manicured bunker I don't need it done like you know like our buddies on tour uh, like Mike nah. Creed Dan Urban would rake it like they showed me how to rake properly it's 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 like magic what they can do with a bunker I don't need that but I also don't need your size twelve footprint you know and the hole that you just dug out from three wedge shots and then my ball going into that right yeah uh, and. Again, like uh, most rounds, obviously, are just casual rounds. Like pick your ball up, rake it, and then you know put it back down and hit your shot. But uh, again, like I shouldn't have to do that for you. Exactly, exactly. All right, B Matt, yeah, says, and this one's a little bit—I don't want to say controversial, but get people on either side of the fence. Obviously, he's a big fan. Been listening to us from the beginning. Great dude. It says people taking the pin out. It says on Bram, but mm. so slow. And 
you know, look, I, you and I don't play competitive golf. You know, we play golf for fun. We right. play to have a good time, to enjoy each other's company and the company of the people we play with. We want to play well. That's why we leave the pin in, right? Because for us, it was always like, why bother taking it out? Like even before the USGA rule changes, who cares? Right? It's not a, it's not a tour uh, event. Right. Now, I, again, like nine times out of ten, if I'm playing by myself, it's actually probably like nine and a half times out of ten. Nine and a half putts out of ten. If I'm playing by myself, even before they changed the rule, I left the pin in anyway. Because sure. if you're playing by yourself, what difference does it make? So oh, it actually does make a difference because it saves you a bunch of time because you don't have to take it out, put it back in, walk over to where it is. There's always like that like awkward, like, oh, you know, should I put the pin back in? Is someone else going to grab it? Like, uh, he's standing over there. Should I walk over that way and offer to do it? Like, if it's just in the hole, you don't have to worry about that. Everyone just gets their ball and walks away. So I, I, just do that. I, I love the rule change. right? I really do because mm -hmm. I have no problem. That's me personally. However, I do feel like having either or makes it a bit difficult when you're on the greens with other people. Mm -hmm. Right. If people aren't in total agreement, I'll give you a few examples. So over the course of the high school golf season, you know, my son plays, everyone knows that. And he would literally never take, you know, the pin out. Now he's playing number one. And normally the, the top golfers are kids that are taking it out. Um, so a lot of times you've got this, hey, you want it in? Now nah, leave it for me. OK, you're putting. You want it in? No, take it out, please. You know what I mean? You're like bouncing back. Oh, mm -hmm. put it back in for me, please. Like you're bouncing back and forth. And that in itself creates more of a time drain on the greens as opposed to just, hey, let's 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 bounce it out. That's true. That's true. You know, but like when you're playing casual, yeah, of course. Like I don't I don't care. And there's some people that are like, no, I can't putt with it in. All right, cool. I, I'm going to tell you I'm the exact opposite. It actually looks the hole looks smaller to me when I have the flag stick out. Like when I take the pin out, the hole looks smaller to me. When I leave the pin, it makes it seem like a bigger target. And for me personally, I feel like my lag putting has improved a lot mm -hmm. because I've got a, a bigger general space that I'm like aiming towards. Does that you know does that make sense? Uh, it does make sense. Like I think it makes it seem to me like it's a bigger it's mm -hmm. a bigger entity that I can like cozy it up to instead of a small hole. That's interesting. I mean, I don't feel that way because I mentioned, you know, sometimes I do take it out. Sometimes I will remove the pin if I feel like I want a bigger target because I feel like without the pin there, it does seem like a bigger target to me. Okay. But I get what you're saying because you have something that's larger surrounding something small. So right. yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Isn't that funny though? How, how perception is so different. Listen, I, you know, my vision, I wouldn't uh, count my <laughs> perception for anything. I just, yeah. Okay. Very true. Very true. Um, here's another one. Uh, bros destroying tea boxes. That sounds like it was writ written by Dustin. <laughs> Bruh. 
Um, yeah, I I Stop. once played. Oh 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 no! What's up, DJ? Did somebody call my name? Uh, well, your name was mentioned. I wouldn't say that Dan called your name. Uh, let me ask you a question, DJ. Um, so out on tour, you play under some really really pristine conditions. Have you ever stepped up to a tee box and been like, "Oh man, what, somebody like destroyed this tee box. What did they do?" Scott, you know what they say about tour, right, man? They say the grass is always greener, Scott. Uh, yes, they 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 do say that. You know what uh, else is green on tour, Scott? Money. That's correct. Okay, good, good, good. Um, so about my question about the tea boxes, does anyone out there like destroy tea boxes and you end up like, you know, walking up after them? Cause you know, you're usually in one of the, the final groups uh, and been like, huh, what did that guy do to the tea box? Um, no, not really. Oh, okay. That's good. I'm glad that everyone on tour is, uh, you know, protecting the course, making sure it's in good shape. I mean, shout out the superintendents, right, Scott? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Scott, let me ask you a question, because mm -hmm. you always seem to have a lot of questions for me. I'm going to become the podcaster and ask you a question. Go for it. Scott, what type of sandwiches you like? <laughs> I like all the sandwiches. Me too. Bye. Bros destroying tea boxes, Scott. It, it is always good when DJ's on. Um, so yeah, bros, bros destroying tee boxes. I played with a guy at Sunken Meadow Golf Course. <laughs> Not home you. Of, home of the infamous hurricane round that yes. you and I played. Yes. Not you, mind you. Uh, someone else. And this guy took like three or four practice swings where he, he must have wanted to hit something that wasn't his ball. So he just hit the ground like three or four times, took up chunks of dirt and then would stand up, you know, to the, the tee and, you know, hit it into the woods on the right. You know, guys like that, I feel I feel like part of it is an ignorance problem, like somebody at mm -hmm. some point needs to step up to them and be like, bro, listen. All right, there's people that work their butt off out here to get this place in decent shape, mm -hmm. and you can't do that. You want to take practice swings? Cool. Like, you know, you might be holding up play, uh, but we got a bigger problem to worry about. You know what I mean? You're mm -hmm. damaging the course for every other paying person out there. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, not, not a fan. Not a fan. I I, I kind of get where that question is coming from. I don't think I've really played with somebody that's destroyed a tee box and hasn't tried to make amends by fixing it. But right. sometimes it happens. You, you know, you sure. hit a shot fat on a part of three course. or something like that. Or... Of course. But you and I, obviously, like a lot of people that listen, grew up playing muni golf, public golf. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of public golf courses that just – Never change tee boxes, never change tee markers, and the place gets kind of, you know, beat to shreds. Um, 
especially like if there's not a large teeing ground and not many areas to move the tee boxes. Right. You know, so I, I kind of get that. Yeah, it's it sucks either way. All right. Uh, Train on Main says with with leaf emojis and, you know, in the northeast right now, we are going through it big time. I feel like I'm going to blow my yard off every day. Mm-hmm. Said, Losing balls in the fairway is the worst thing in golf. Parentheses. That includes slow play. Scott, that's a bold statement. Would you take on the take that losing balls in leaves in the middle of the fairway is worse than slow play? Uh, well, I think it leads to slow play. So I, I would make the argument that it is, uh, in some ways, the cause of slow play this time of year. Now, look, we have a also lot of side note. One of my one of my golf memories of recent years is playing with train on main and having him lose a ball and leaves in the fairway. <laughs> I'm thinking I, that maybe this way this came. I haven't from. played five rounds since that day. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you're like a golf widow, except mm. that you were married to golf and now, <laughs> now golf died and you're the widow. Mm. Exactly. Uh, look, look, my people out West, <laughs> my people in the deep South, you have no idea of the struggle of playing golf in the Northeast in the fall because it's a big dichotomy. It's the greatest time of year. The humidity is gone. The colors are outstanding. The courses are less packed. There's less daylight. Um, but look, superintendents can only keep up with so much. And when, when you get wind coming through and leaves, I mean, Look, there are days where it looks like it is raining leaves at my house, mm-hmm. at your house. You know how that is. Yep. Um, you get mountainous tree-lined fairways like we have around here for a lot of our courses. And uh, most pros, even in tournaments at this time of year, will implement fall golf rules. Where if everybody agrees that your ball landed there, but you can't find it, drop free of penalty, play on. Yeah, because, again, unless you're playing for millions of dollars, we're not. What's the big deal? You kind of went over that way. All right, cool. Just throw a ball down. Let's go. Exactly. All right, this one is interesting. This comes from a very esteemed colleague. What is one of your biggest pet peeves in the golf course? A high school kid who outdrives me by 50-plus yards. Yep. Very, very, very – just reminds you how old you are. <laughs> Just All right. reminds you. Um, buddy Steve, leave the last name out of it, who is the superintendent at Jack Frost. Proud to announce that that's going to be the home course of Leave the Pin next year. Um, so, go ahead. Solid, solid place. Solid, solid place. We, we played that like, we, I would say like the first weekend was open. First weekend, Scott, we played it on opening day. That the first the Saturday, day. wow! Open. And <laughs> if you remember, the clubhouse at the time was, was literally it? a trailer. Yep, a single wide. Nothing else was there but the course. Nothing had grown in. Uh, rough routing of it. And do you remember the weather that day? It was not pleasant. It was an absolute downpour for about thirteen holes. So much so that I don't. I went back like three weeks later and didn't even remember the front nine. Like that's how heavy the rain was. I uh, yeah I, I yep that I definitely remember that. 
Well, let me tell you, it is it it, it is turned into a gem in Northeast PA. Um, can be stretched out to be one of the longest courses around. It, it, I'm not gonna lie, it's one of the prime reasons we're going there. Leiden needs a place that we can mm. stretch the tees back. So, sixty-eight, fifty, sixty-nine hundred seems commonplace. You know, what what uh, do they get for a membership there? Just curious. Okay, so so they do a full membership and it's under two grand. Okay, but and then you pay for cart fees. Well, yeah, that's standard. Standard, right? Here is the best thing. They call it the frequent fairways. Okay, it's a it's a local type uh type deal for two hundred and seventy dollars per person. You get unlimited use of their range, which is a two tiered all grass range. You get unlimited use of their putting ring, which is phenomenal, enormous. Mm. You get unlimited use of their short game area where you can hit every single shot in the world. There are different cuts of rough, different lengths, uphill, side hill, downhill, you name it. Plus, you can, and they have a tee box that's about 60 yards long. So mm. they have a chipping green only that literally you can make into a par three. Yeah. Yet all that, and then after one o'clock, a round of golf costs twenty-five dollars, and after four o'clock, a round of golf costs fifteen dollars with card. So that that's in addition to your membership. Yeah, but it's the membership like, it's like a range membership on top it, of the. It's golf a range membership. membership, and then you get you know basically you get cart fees. You're only paying for cart fees. So that's, that's decent. It's literally seventeen hundred dollars cheaper than getting a full you know, quote unquote membership. But here's the deal. I don't play at 9am when a round of golf, there's 90 bucks, a hundred bucks. Right. Right. I play at twilight. And so we had this about three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to say it wasn't convenient because nothing's convenient to me. Right. Everything's 25, 30 minutes. But right. we, we went and we said, should we do it at Blue Shamrock, which is our home course for the high school team? And they wanted like 1900 bucks for both of us, which wasn't bad, but then you still have to pay card fees, but you can walk, right? Or mm -hmm. do we want to get to a course that, you know, because I'm, I'm looking bigger picture in the future, right? right? right I'm right, not right. looking like, okay, cool. You can shoot, you can break part your home course. Okay, that's awesome. Like I'm looking... Lehigh Valley Tour events, AJG events, you know, junior PGA events, those things where distance and shot shaping and scoring is a premium. And and quite honestly, Blue Shamrock is a great home course for high school, but the greens are never going to get more than eight. They're never going to get undulated. Mm -hmm. There's never going to be a pin on a shelf. You know what I'm saying? Right. So Steve over there uh, at, at Shamrock, uh, sorry, at uh, Jack Frost, just just an outstanding job. Um, looking forward to playing with him, getting to know him more. Uh, and and here's 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 the kicker, right? Like everyone talks about, okay, let's grow the game, let's do this, let's do that for junior golfers. And I'm not looking for handouts. I'm not looking for freebies, right? But if I wanted to have my other son join me at Shamrock. Like they want to bang him for another six hundred bucks, so they want like twenty five hundred for the three of us. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Right. So I'm talking to the pro at 
Jack Frost. And I said, hey, you know, with the cart, it's never going to be all three of us playing at once. You know, um, I said, my younger son, you know, likes golf, but isn't like in love with golf. Would it be cool if every once in a while he says, dude, don't say another word. He goes, put them all under the same name. He goes, whoever you bring, you bring. Like, (laughs) sold. So, like, not only sold, but give you all the free press you want, give you everything you need, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, this is our home course. Like, daddy's coming home. Right. Well, you know what? I mean, first of all, it's it's great to have a home course. Um, I, I, one of the reasons that I, I really haven't played so much is that I don't have that. I'm going to rectify that next spring. But uh, it, it's great to have a, a place that you play regularly. It, you play more when you have that kind of place. And... You know, uh, very happy for you guys, and I'm glad you're going to be, uh, you know, glad you have a home base. So and and, Scott, and you know what? I, I will also say this: the three of you are going to look really sweet in your Eagles and Arrows gear while you walk down the fairways. God, it's it's like these segues just write themselves, but we don't ever write anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I can't wait till till maybe Grant comes up to Northeast PA and you can get out here too and we have kind of an Eagles and Arrows reunion. Mm. You know, if you want to look the part and dress the part and play the part, just go to eaglesandarrows.com, pick yourself something out. Um, you know, you can use the code leave the pin, save some money. Um, our boy Grayson Blunt has a coupon code too i don't remember what it is it really should be blunt 10 or blunt 20 honestly i'm just mm-hmm. telling you grant that's that's <laughs> that's some high times marketing right there i think dj would love it yes i would um make it blunt 20 and save save some money blunt, rest in peace snoop dogg's mom <laughs> oh she passed yeah like a couple okay. hours ago oh okay well it's very topical then um yeah but you know you go on eagles and arrows dot com or check them out on instagram eagles and arrows co on instagram for all your gear all your needs and uh you know you can look like one of the top amateurs in the world grayson blunt or you can look like a bunch of two dopey podcasters like scott and myself simple as that you know why not fits all fits all genres and body types um but look steve the superintendent at jack frost uh gave us a few to go off of. This is a very respected name, right? Uh, so I, I take these to heart. People taking divots on our greens. I've seen that. I actually had to call the pro shop last year because on the first green, someone had literally scalped it. And I call. I said, guys, and I put it back as best as I can. I said, but, you know, you might want to get someone down here to check this out. Like, literally, someone took an iron off the first green. He wrote, people, fix, uh, people not fixing ball marks. We mentioned that. And here's mm-hmm. another one. Here's another one that uh, if you walk a lot, you don't see. But if you're a cart rider, you see this all the time. Carts in awful zones, which I'm assuming means past lines, on fringes, on tee boxes. I mean, Scott, mm-hmm. when I rangered at Hideaway, I cannot te- – and they, don't, they didn't have ropes. So you're talking people driving up onto the collars. I had a guy one day when the green was soft. His front left tire started sinking into the front of the green as I was pulling up. What you know, is the, wrong with people? The, we used to have this one guy at the, the course I used to belong to who like decided that because 
because he was over 65. And by over 65, I mean, like, his birthday was, like, yesterday. Um, he could drive as close to the greens as he wanted to. Whether or not that, you know, did, you know, damage to the, the collar around the green, whether, whether or not it was safe to drive the cart up to the green, because in some cases it's not. Um, he just drove the car wherever he felt like driving it. And, you know, at a struggling private course where they're, you know, hurting for members, you know, this is a guy who'd been there for a long time. They're, what are they going to say to him? Right. So he just did whatever he wanted and didn't really care, like, what, how it affected other people. It's kind of funny because that leads to the next one. Joe MC5 Cent says, people who do not repair divots, ball marks, bunkers, we've mentioned all those, mm-hmm. but his last, his last thing, selfish a-holes. That guy would fall right into that category. Hmm. Uh, you know what else uh, going along with that? And and I, this was one of the things that was on my list. Um, people who over celebrate out, on, you know, on the golf course, like, for example, like if I win three dollars from you, I am not going to like do like the, you know, Tiger Woods, like jump up in the air like I just like, well, you know, won the Masters or something like that. Or the Ryder Cup. Like, I'm just going to be happy and, you know, give myself a little celebration, but I'm not going to go crazy. People go nuts out there. Like, I understand, like, you're playing with your buddies and you're having a good time, but, like, you don't have to disrupt other people, like, two greens over. Yeah, we got a bunch of uh, about nine, uh, 10, 11, 12 people that mentioned overly loud music. I'm all for you playing some music, but you know who Mm. I want to hear that music? Like, I want you and the person in your cart to hear that music. I don't want to hear your music a whole over. Or if I'm Mm -hmm. on the tee box and you're on the green and I hear, you know, like your crappy 80s radio playlist or something that you think is like edgy, cool music. Yeah, one of my favorite things, actually, when I was playing golf more frequently, um, I, I would throw um, like PGA Tour radio on and listen to like little golf coverage while I was out on the course. Well, you know what's an even better idea than that, Scott? Listening to mm-hmm. Leave the Pin on the course. Well, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, bring us with you. Like, yeah, that's I'm all for shameless plugs. Yeah, pop, you know, pop us on your Bluetooth speaker and... You know, like go hit your shot, unpause, drive your next shot, whatever you got to do, and you know we'll 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 keep you company. My one of my biggest pet peeves, and and just because I'm such an audiophile and I love music, is like your frat bros that get out to the course once or twice a year. They've got a cooler that is spilling over the back of the golf cart. Mm-hmm. They've got this subwoofer speaker that's like three feet high that that looks like you should be using it to mc uh mm-hmm. you know like a homecoming event at a high school mm-hmm. parked in the seat of the floor next to them and uh you know they're they're blasting like some awful wannabe techno dance tracks or something like that mm-hmm. uh, you know or or the blast house some, going yeah 
or blasting some loud country music or, or something like that or whatever. I mean, the, the, the choice of musical genre is really irrelevant. It's the fact that it's like I'm, I'm so important that you should be able to hear what I'm listening to. Right, exactly. And then if, you know, if you say something, it's like, we can play whatever we want. Like, yeah, it's free yeah, country. I, I, I paid 40 bucks to play here. I paid my $32. I could take up as many divots as I want, man. They got people to fix it. And then, yes, yeah, so, you know, sorry, I'm ruining your, your day. Yeah, yeah. Having fun. Yeah, enough, dude, enough. Just um, chill it out, have a good time, leave everyone else alone. Th- three people put unattractive car girls. That was a pet peeve. I don't know who these three people are, but I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them. Let's be honest. How attractive are you? Is the cart girl <laughs> talking to you because she wants to sell you some drinks, or is she interested? Like that. That's that's just the goal. In all cases, the answer is choice one. Right. Like, give me that tip, you you fat bloated idiot. And it's so, you know, it's so funny to me because people will say, well, yeah, like that car girl was ugly. I'm not going to buy anything. Oh, <laughs> okay. Like if you were driving around in that thing, how many people would buy something from you? Right. People uh, and- very, a, a very overinflated view of, of themselves at times. Right, and is your Snickers and Mountain Dew like? Does it taste that much better if the the girl's really attractive? I mean, come on. Look, I'm gonna be. I might be in the minority here, but I can probably count on maybe two hands, but probably one hand, the number of times that I've purchased something from the car girl. Like I like when I see them, I'm like, oh god, now she's gonna park up there. And I got to wave her on and she's going to tell me, no, go ahead and hit, you know, or they don't know course etiquette. Like, I'm I, I don't know. I'm just not a I'm not a big fan. I'd rather I'm, I'm more of like a halfway house guy and bring my own stuff. Like, I like my own stuff, you know, I, I, depending on where you are. Like, I, I've been to resort courses where it's nice to have somebody out there. Um, but. Do I, is it something I need? Not really. I, you know, most of the time, like you said, I have my own or I can wait to a halfway house or, you know, clubhouse at the turn, something like that. But there are, there are definitely, I've been to courses where it, it's nice that someone's out there checking up on you every few holes, um, you know, grab a water, grab a Gatorade, something like that. But uh, you're right. They, they tend to have terrible uh, course awareness, I'll say. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, here's another one, too. Playing with random people uh, at times, you you hear some of the craziest stuff. And I always hate this. Bro, I haven't seen that car go in like an hour. Okay, we're playing an 18-hole course. It's like, you know, stretches over six miles of, of car mm-hmm. paths and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> there's there's 40 other groups out there or whatnot. Like, how often did you think she was going to come by? Yeah, like, how, yeah, that's the thing. Like, how often do you, how often do you need something from the cart girl? 
What's what's the right amount of time, Scott? Twice, three times you you should see a cart girl. I mean, because honestly, you I, know, you you probably don't need anything for the first five or six holes. I was gonna say maybe maybe once, you know, on the front nine, once on the back nine, you have the halfway house. Like that's plenty of opportunities. Plenty of opportunities. Like again, I maybe I'm in the minority. You know what? There, there are a lot of people who, you know, they need a beer every three holes. Yeah, yeah. To take away from how poor their golf game is. Mm -hmm. And that's, and again, that's fine. You know, whatever. But don't, don't get indignant about it. Yeah. Uh, We're going a little. Let's, let's go one more. We'll go one more. I, I I pick. I'm good. Keep going. Oh, okay. Um, I, I do like this one because I have a little bit of a story about when I rangered. Um, uh, Michael Knight, 6116. Knight Rider. Michael Knight, mm-hmm. the Knight Rider, Scott. Go, <laughs> Kit. Say, says, uh, bachelor parties. Hates bachelor parties oh. out on the course. Uh, have I ever told you the bachelor party story? Well, I got two of them, and if you've got time, I've got time. Go, Get, get, give me one. Start with All start right. your first so, one, then I'll tell mine. Then you do last. One. Okay. So my buddy, my buddy Corey, who I went to college with, we were RAs together. I, yep. Great guy. Great guy, yep. Corey. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm the best man in his wedding, and you know I said, what What do you want to do for, um, for your bachelor party? He says it. No, nothing crazy. Like you know, all my other friends are gonna tell you, you want to go to strip clubs, stuff like that. I just let's let's just play golf. At this cool little course called Rich Maiden out in, uh, I guess it's kind of like Central PA. Uh, all, actually, awesome, like awesome Muni, awesome public course, you know, mm. owned by like farmers and stuff. So, such a great course, such a cool little course. And um, wish it was somewhere closer to me, honestly. It's like a course, easy, easily walkable, you know. He goes, but mm. here's the problem, Dan. He says, you play golf. I play golf, not well. My one other buddy plays golf. He goes, we've got like five or six other guys coming that don't play golf. Mm-hmm. I said, well, Cor, why don't we do something else? You know, like you're a police officer. Do you want to go like a shooting range? You want to play paintball or something like that? And he's mm. like, no. He's like, you know, I, I, I think I wouldn't trust my friends with guns. Like, oh, well, okay. 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 Makes sense. Um, so he's got his brother-in-law and it, it ends up being like nine of us. Right. So we asked them, hey, can we play a five and a four? They're like, absolutely not. Okay, cool. So I made myself, since I was like the real golfer, um, and I knew this wasn't going to be real golf, I made myself like the rover. You know what I mean? Like I'd jump in mm-hmm. between the groups back and forth, and they were like, that's fine. I said, I'm, I said, I'm going to go to the clubhouse, and I'll drive back food and stuff like that for them. I said, okay, no problem. It's all good. You're fine. And Because um, at that, by the way, when you're when you're playing with people who can't play golf, it's not fun. Right. And and I told the people in the pros, I explained everything to them. And I was like, look, I actually play golf. I said, so I'm going to basically be like shuttling these guys around, like, you know, showing them how to move faster and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it turns out when he told me that some of them didn't play golf, well, he didn't mention that four of them had never played mm-hmm. golf and had no clubs. So basically, we've got five people that can play. And have their own bags, and then four people playing out of one bag that we were able to cluster together that morning. Mm. Those four decided that golf is not their thing, and they would rather just drink. 
So they're driving this, that way, the other, through sand traps, through mm. fences, um, oversides of greens. I felt like a babysitter superintendent trying to fix mm. everything. It got so bad that one of Corey's other buddies, who was also a police officer, broke out his breathalyzer. And on, like, the 18th green, gave four of them the breathalyzer. Uh, most of them were almost twice the legal limit. That had mm. all occurred over the course of 18 holes. Right. Um, so then we were going out to eat afterwards. Well, that wasn't going to really fly because three of those people had driven themselves there. So we had to drive them in the complete opposite direction and then – Eat, which was a disaster because these three were like completely inebriated, slumped over in a corner. Mm. Uh, then drive, then try to get them to sober up, drive them back to the course. They gave them the breathalyzer again, realized they couldn't drive. They all had to sleep over Corey's parents' house at the end. It was just, <laughs> I think I hit about five shots that day. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it sounds like you were, again, babysitting. So, yes. So I, I understand when people say bachelor parties out there, yeah. especially disrespectful bachelor parties. Exactly. So the, the golf club I used to belong to before it closed, um, shout out Touches Golf Club, shout out Doug, because I know you listen sometimes. Um, they, uh, they also had a wedding venue and the wedding planner would promise like the, you know, bridal party, the, you know, the groom and his, his, you know, attendants, I guess, or ushers, whatever it is, um, groomsmen, they would, the wedding planner would promise them a round of golf, like, you know, before the wedding, like usually the day before or something like that. I don't know that she really understood how golf worked um, <laughs> because all of the time the, 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 the bridal party group would be out there. It would be like, a group of seven, a group of six, you know, two groups of five, like just like a ridiculous, like grouping of people. Right, right. Now, most of the time I didn't care because I like to get there really early, play by myself and then leave. So like I would get there, get like on the first tee by like 930, 10 o'clock and I'd be out of there by noon. Because if you're playing by yourself and it's a course you're familiar with, you can get through 18 holes in a couple hours. For sure. Uh, now, I've also I also played that course 18 holes again, walking by myself in an hour and a half because there's not a lot of thought that goes into it. If you hit a good shot, you kind of know like where you're going to hit it. You just hit your drive, you walk. I uh, usually hit seven iron from over there, pull your seven iron and. You just keep going. So I get there about 9.30, 9.45, and there's a group of seven guys standing on the first tee. So I go into the pro, and I'm like, bachelor party? Pro's like, yep. And I was like, can I get out before them? And he's like, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal. I'll, I'll, I'll go ask. So he walks out, and he asks them. And these guys were not having it. They were like, I, we don't understand. Like, this was arranged. We're paying for a wedding. Like, uh, you know, like, why can't we just go out? Like, what's the big deal? Now, they weren't ready to tee off. Of uh, course not. Of course no. not. 
they were still waiting on someone. One guy was in the shop buying balls, but didn't know what to buy. Yeah, like whatever. So the it was the assistant pro. He comes in. He's like, yeah. He's like, they said no, but just go out. Like whatever. What are they gonna do? I was like, okay. So I go. He's like, so he's like, just just go out and go quick. He's like, and you gotta pipe one down the middle of the fairway. <laughs> I'm like, great. So I think at that point I would just be like, right, I'm getting out in front of you guys and drop drop one from like 100 yards out or something. Yeah, well, I, I didn't want to cause too much trouble for him. So that that is the other thing. Like the pro there was really cool. I didn't want to make a, you know, I was like, don't don't even worry about it. He's like, no. He's like, he's like, these guys are ridiculous. I hate the wedding people. He's like, <laughs> you're. He's like, you're a member. He's like, you're probably the fastest player here. I'm going to go tell them that. Go put a tee in the in the ground and hit one down the fa- middle of the fairway. I was like, oh, okay, like no pressure at all there, Travis, but thanks. So I go, I put a tee in the ground, and I, I can hear them like starting trouble. And I hear Travis walking up to him, like, listen, listen, listen. You know, this guy, he's you know, he's a member, he's the fastest player here. He is going to be, you are not gonna see him. He's gonna hit one down the middle of the fairway. He's going to hit one to the green. You are not going to see him once he gets to the second hole. And he was wrong. Because I finished my round of golf. These knuckleheads still had not finished the first hole. They were on the first, and I don't know when they teed off. They were on the first hole for an hour and 40 minutes which is how long it took me to play a full round of 18. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I, I I don't have a comment for that. What do you say about no, there, that? There's nothing else to say. No, no. I'll give you my last bachelor party story. We'll end on this note. I'm at Hideaway. We get a report from the neighbors. This is, of course, I used to range rap. We get a report from the neighbors that there are loud bangs coming from the golf course. Pro gives me a call. Well, director of golf gives me a call and mm-hmm. says, hey, Dan, you know, can you go out to the back and, and see the neighbors are all complaining that loud bangs are coming from the golf course. Okay, Kev, I will check that out. So I go out there, and there are four carts on the tee box, not on the path, literally on the tee box, and they are parked sideways adjacent to each other, two of them, facing the other two. Which hole is this? I'm just trying to, for perspective. This, uh, on the on the back of Hideaway here, okay, is, you will know this hole as the Island Green. Done. Okay. Okay, right? 15. Yep. Okay. So, they are down, because that's a, it, it's an uphill tee shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they are down on the tee box there. And the carts are facing each other. And they are all lighting Roman candles and shooting them at mm. each other from 15, 20 feet away. So um. I pull around the corner and I watch this for a, for a second because, A, I didn't want to get hit by one. Um, and, B... <laughs> If you are stupid and drunk enough to be shooting 
fireworks at each other from a very close distance. You know, I'm not dealing with the most sane people here. Well, there's also that like moment of like, am I actually seeing what I'm seeing? Because that's not something one would expect when you pull up to the 15th hole on a golf course. One would not expect that. You are no. correct, Scott. So I pull up to them. I said, hey, guys, uh, yeah, I got my little Ranger flag on the cart. <laughs> right. Hey, guys, uh, what's going on? I said, oh, uh, we're celebrating. They're celebrating. <laughs> I said, because to me, it looked like you were firing them at each other. And there's... One overly drunk guy, he goes, yeah, that's because we are. And one guy's like, no, we're, don't listen to him. No, we're not. We're celebrating. Okay, what are you celebrating? He's like, this guy's getting married. It was also the drunk guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can only imagine how that you know, marriage probably turned out. Mm. And they said, we're celebrating his marriage. He's like, no, you're not. You're shooting him at each other. He's like, you're trying to kill me. And I said, okay, well, you guys can't do that on the golf course. One guy says to me, why? I said, well, A, it's a golf course. And uh, B, we don't allow it on a golf course. So they all apologize, whatnot. Now, that's an uphill par four, like I told you, with an island Mm -hmm. green. So I park myself on the far side of the island green. I can see down to them. They cannot see up to where I am. A few tee shots were hit. Carts are now driving to the tee shots, and as they start driving, Scott, what do they start doing again? Shooting Roman candles at each other. Shooting Roman candles at each other. What, so I pulled, just out of curiosity, I, I'm just going to stop for a second. Yeah. Where are the houses by there? There's, there's. I houses. feel like that's the de- like the end of the course. The you know the it's the houses on the property there. Do you know what like I'm saying? Over the, like by two and stuff like that. No, uh, no, 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 like the on-course housing. Yeah, oh, okay. You know, they have, like, those, uh... The, yeah, 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 I got you. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Not like, the like houses, the, like the, 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 um... The cabins. The hotel, the, yeah, the cabins. Yes, the I don't cabins. want to call it a hotel. Yeah. So... Gotcha. It, it, all the people from the cabins are complaining, because, honestly, they probably were shooting them at the people yeah, at the cabins the, quite that, a while. That makes sense. I forgot those were there. So, so I, I pulled down, like, guys, look, uh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the course. Um, you know, I already gave you a warning. I said, you can't be doing that. And the guy says, uh, well, can we talk to the pro shop? I said, sure, call the pro shop. They call the pro shop up, and they say, yeah, uh, hey, so we were shooting fireworks at each other, uh, and the ranger told us we have to leave. And inside the pro shop, Scott, guess what they said? Yeah, leave. No. No, Scott. They said, no, 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 you guys are fine. You're staying overnight. No, no, just just kind of keep it down a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, you, no, go ahead. Keep playing. We've got three holes left. Uh, okay. That's, that's one of the wor- that's one of the last days I ever worked there. That That's pretty stupid. That, that uh, whatever. Right? That's a, mis- that's a mistake on their part, but. Ah, of course. It's not my golf course. That's why that place is the way it is. Okay. That's why I feel like it always has been too. So it always has been, but it's it's gotten it's gotten worse, you know. Right. And that's why I no longer play there. Mm. Uh, so we got anything else for the good of the people? I do not. Uh, uh-huh. Other than hold on, I did promise you a little production, a little countdown of how many days it's been since I've played golf. Oh, very true. So if you're still listening at this point in time, Scott, um, once a devout follower of the church of golf has fallen away 
uh, from being one of golf's children. Scott, how long has it been since you last played? So I, there's just so you know, there's going to be sound effects at the end of this. So oh, it has been it Scott, has been where do we get all the money for this production value. I got I downloaded an app on my phone. Uh, it has been 68 days since I have played golf. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That that app was 99 cents just so everyone knows. So. Uh, well, there goes our budget for the year. <laughs> yeah. Um so that that's that. 68 days. And when we do this again next week, it'll be 75. <laughs> so we either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good. At Eagles and Arrows, we supply timeless style and high-quality golf essentials. We strive to provide the personal attention that consumers deserve. We're taking extra steps to personally and thoughtfully design our goods to bring you the best products out there. In 2021, we are releasing a new head club cover every month. We're releasing several new hat designs, including the Tremendous Slouch, which is on our website right now. We're also doing custom designs on our gloves and all of our leather goods. At the end of the day, we're all about living life to its fullest and enjoying this amazing game that we love with great people. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows. Check us out on Instagram at Eagles and Arrows CO and online at www.eaglesandarrows.com.